0: Well, anyway, we'll skip that. I think we are live over on Everywhere Else, so we'll get this party started right about. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And we are coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We're live on, well, not Facebook tonight, but we are live on YouTube and we are live on Crowdcast. And uh, maybe you're listening to us later, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, it's all good. And folks, I'll tell you what, we have a packed show, such a packed show tonight.
1: That true. we didn't
0: have room for Pete to be on the show. We had to kick him yeah, off. Yeah, we
1: bounced him. He got bumped. It's a classic mm-hmm. Hollywood story. He just got to... Sometimes uh, Ed McMahon has to leave um, and go stay home.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But I'm very excited to be here with you, Justin. And I'm very excited about the bevy of guests we have. I think it's fair to call them a bevy, right? That's a beautiful word to use. So true for so beverage, much. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are... I don't know. I don't have a follow-up to that. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't we bring in our first guest because we are so packed this evening. He is the creator behind Zoop's new campaign for Nine Lives. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Horton. Hello.
2: Hello. Great, to, great to meet you both and great to be here and talk a little bit about some crowdfunding comics and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. So we have a lot of Zoop guests on the show. There's a new crowdfunding platform that, for anybody who is hearing for the first time, is pretty heavily curated. Just looking over the platform right now, I'm going to refresh it so I make sure I have the most current number. you got two days left. You're at 3,992 out of 5,000. We're going to see what we could do here with our vaunted comic book club bump in yes. terms of hopefully getting you up. This is like This is like a fundraiser for you now. We're going to have a little... Thermometer on the side and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's talk about this because this book is very cool and I am fingers crossed it uh, gets funded because it's very neat. Uh, what do you want to talk us through the pitch, the concept for Nine Lives?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, we originally, myself and artist Chris Peterson originally thought this up about eight or nine years ago. Uh, I pitched it around to the regular comic book publishers and uh got a couple of nibbles and some people that really really thought it was neat but as you and as you know it's really hard to break in even with good projects into indie yeah. comics even if you're already established which we were uh and so they they unfortunately turned us down so i put it in the drawer for many years then uh i thought just this year why don't i do some crowdfunded comics i thought about kickstarter but i know that i would be terrible about fulfillment, I'd be bad at mailing things out to people. <laughs> okay. I'd be one of those creators that goes into the Great Intentions and, and does the, the Kickstarter and then never actually mails the books to people and everyone would hate me. So I, I, <laughs> talked, to, I talked to Zoop, who is a competing crowdfunding service specializing in comics, uh, run by some uh, comic book industry veterans. And they uh, said they would handle the fulfillment for a percentage and their books have been getting funded so I thought, why don't I take this out of the, out of the drawer, you know, send Chris Peterson an email I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, and say if he wants to revive this story. And he said, sure. And uh, we've only got about 1000 bucks left on it, about 20% of the funding in, uh, a day and a half ago. And uh, Nine Lives is a neat story. It is all about Cleo, who is a, the sixth out of nine incarnations of the same woman throughout history. And she is in the 1920s and she is a nightclub singer and has the strange ability to turn water into alcohol. Now, I uh, have a couple questions about that. Yeah. Uh, what
1: research did you do for this? And um, is there any did you find any way for that to happen sort of here in our real world?
2: Uh, Well, for research, uh, I studied a lot of movie posters and movies of the 1920s, uh, the flapper era. Uh, especially first the, the cover and the variant cover by Lee Tran. Uh, I sent him a lot of references there and uh, I looked up a lot of the slang being used, but uh, it turns out Flabbers invented a lot of the slang that we, that we use even today. It lasts, it's lasted a hundred years. Which they were the amazing. bee's knees. <laughs> exactly. That's one right there that has stood the test of time. And uh, hopefully we'll get to do more issues studying the other, other Cleos in different time periods and, uh, it turns out she's being chased by a serial killer who's also reincarnated throughout history and is attacking all the versions of her at, a, at the same time. Uh, so she has to defend herself using her strange power, which is only uh, a small piece of what she can actually do. Uh, as you can see, you can see many of the different variations uh, of Cleo. So if you like Orphan Black, it's, it's, uh, it's along those lines. It's, it's really mm. neat. And, Chris Peterson is a fantastic artist who's only improved in the last several years. And he does this kind of two tone minimalist color thing, which I really like on the book. That all sounds
1: amazing and the art is great. But my question was about the turning water uh, into gin, <laughs> um, And you really dodged the question. It makes me think you're onto something. What's your method? And would it turn the ice cube into frozen gin as well? These are just the questions running through my head.
2: Yes, uh, she turns the ice into those alcohol cubes that people put into their drinks so it doesn't dilute it at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, she ha- for some reason, all of the different Cleos have powers that relate to what their occupation is. So we have to find out why, why is that a strange coincidence and why does the owner keep keep her on long after he's fired all of the other dancers at his club because she is, is able to help him with the with with the speakeasy during prohibition
1: yeah huge power in the in the prohibition days right,
2: not only can she turn it into alcohol but she can make it like aged and stuff and make it like the the really uh really good stuff
0: oh man that would save me <laughs> so much money i cannot even begin to tell you just because we're talking about drinking i want to bring this up now so you have another book that already came out called Bowie, Stardust, Ray Guns and Moon Age Daydreams. And I'll get, this will come back around eventually, but every week on the show, <laughs> uh, we have a actual chef from New Orleans, Brett Macris, aka Stray Bullet. He either curates or designs a drink for us uh, that we drink during the show. And this week, inspired by the Bowie book, he suggested we do a recipe out of a book called Booze and Vinyl, one by Andre Darlington, We've become friendly with due to a Gotham City cocktail book that we did, and so it's a book called the Champagne Cup, a drink called the Champagne Cup, the Champagne that, Cup, Champagne Cup that I didn't make properly. I just made a B and B, but it's Benedictine <laughs> and brandy,
2: champagne,
0: and you float like cucumbers and cherries and a couple of other things with it so it sort of Ooh, looks like stardust a little
2: bit I like yeah. it I, I would try it probably hold the cucumbers but I'd, <laughs> I'd drink the rest of it It not really good yeah. uh, no I did want to ask you
0: about the Bowie book a little bit actually so what was yeah. this is the stupidest way of asking this but what was it that drew you to David Bowie like it's a stupid thing to ask because David Bowie draws you to David Bowie but what was it specifically about him that drew you and made him the inspiration for that book
2: Well, I've been a fan of his music my whole life, and uh, around 2017, it was about a year since his death, on the one-year anniversary, uh, Orbital Comics in London did this uh, gallery and took all of these comic book artists and said, why don't you reinterpret his his, his, uh, album covers, and we'll do a gallery. So all those went online, and I was inspired by that specifically to do this graphic novel. And I contacted Mike Allred, uh, cold email, Uh, we had never really spoken before. And he uh, he happened awesome. to he happened to just be coming off of Silver Surfer, uh, which was amazing. And he was he's the world's biggest David Bowie fan, it turns out. And so he he signed on. Ah, uh, huge win. <laughs> yeah, we found an agent and a publisher, and went from there. It took three years to produce, uh, and went from there. Um, I am doing another one with about a different musician, but I haven't decided on who yet. We're still. I'm still talking oh, to cool. talking to just about everyone, and I haven't signed anything yet, so I can't really narrow it down just yet. But I want to find someone who's equally as, as well known and talented as they would be for the next one. That's well, and awesome. let
1: me ask you about that. I, I know you can't reveal, but are you sort of do you have like a couple um, musicians that you're you're looking at, and you're trying to pair it with an artist mentally, or are you like doing a bunch of research, deep diving? What like how what's your process like?
2: Well I can't get the all Reds back because they are they're super busy uh uh with um, some amazing projects but but depending on the artist that goes with it would also inform the project because the the musician if they're still alive would want to approve how their how their likeness looks on the page yeah. uh and if they're if they're not then it would go go to their estate and their managers uh so it all depends I have a few really good artists in mind to draw to draw something like this uh as far as musicians. Just think of uh, all of his peers during the 70s uh, and 80s and 90s uh, who were who were the great musicians of his time. That's uh, who I'm talking to because I've always been a fan of kind of that classic rock era.
0: Uh, we got a comment here on YouTube from Stray Bullet who says, I want a Ziggy Stardust graphic novel. Well, artist. you're in luck.
2: I did one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can get it. it's, it's out from Inside Comics. You can get it on from your local comic store, from Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Uh, they've printed a, z- a zillion printings, and it's still in print, and it's in about twenty languages. There you go. So There it did is. It. That <laughs> is how we deliver here on the <laughs> show.
1: That's instant gratification here. Anybody gratification.
2: ask for anything right. else, real
0: quick, in the comments, and we'll deliver it right now, right on the show. Uh, right. Steve. So uh, I always like to ask this when we're talking about any campaigns, uh, other than the book. What can people expect? What are they going to get?
2: Well, uh, we have some interesting add-ons. Uh, just yesterday. Uh, the artist Chris Peterson emailed us and said, "I've got this great idea for a last-minute add-on. Why don't we why not offer to draw the cover or a character design for someone's next independent comic book project?" And we oh. said, "Wow, why hasn't anyone else thought of that before?" uh So we put <laughs> that up on the site immediately, and we've already sold a cover. So he's going to be drawing the cover for someone's next indie book uh so that's one of the add-ons and then i put my bowie books up there we got some commissions going on some original art uh and one person who is, happens to be a really old friend of mine uh has paid to have himself drawn into the comic so he will be a background character i haven't decided if he's going to be run over by a car yet or not but probably <laughs> yeah well, awesome. Steve, this is a great
0: project. I'm very excited about it. I do hope people fund it. And one of the nice things about Soup is it isn't like a Kickstarter, right? Like if it doesn't get 100% funded, it's still happening. Is that correct?
2: No, uh, just like Kickstarter, it has to be okay. fully funded to happen. Uh, okay. Otherwise, it I don't know what will happen after that. But we're close enough, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident we'll get there by tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, two days, you'll get over the line.
2: Absolutely, yeah, I believe in it. Yeah, doing podcasts like this with our friendly hosts like you guys really helps. I think we get a big wow. bump every time we do one of these. So, I great. I wow.
0: sure hope so because again, it's a great-looking book. It's a super fun concept, yeah. and the more people purchase the book and support the book, the closer we are to getting the reality of turning water into any alcohol you want. <laughs> Cracking the
1: water gin barrier. Come on, guys, <laughs> let's go.
0: Awesome. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Have a great night.
2: Thank you. Talk to you
0: later. All right. There we go. Once again, it is called Nine Lives. It's on Zoop now. There's two days left of the campaign as we're taping. So if you're watching this live, definitely go support it right now on Zoop. If you're listening in the next two days, awesome. Other than that, oops, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to tell you if it's
1: three days from now. I'm sorry. That's how time works. You got to be on it.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, why don't we bring in our next guest? They are the creator of Abrams Comics Arts new book, Mimosa, which is out today. It is awesome. Whoop. Ladies and gentlemen, Archie Bion Giovanni. Hello. Hello.
2: Oh my hello. gosh. Thank
0: you for coming. Congratulations on your publish day. That's today, Thank right?
2: You. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, my book birthday is today. It's exciting. I w- I just um went to a local bookstore and saw it on the shelves, which is like, one of ah, the coolest things to do. Best. Yeah, it's a great
0: feeling. Oh, uh, yeah. that's awesome. See, I was going to ask what you do on the first day. And is it like you wake up super early, start running around to bookstores, or what's your schedule? Well,
3: about? I waited till after five, but I am going to have some champagne later tonight.
0: Okay.
4: So, yeah. That's, that's, there it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's very appropriate to the book, of course, mm-hmm. which I mentioned. It's called Mimosa. It is. So tell me, I, I'm going to pitch it by you. This was sort of like the elevator pitch that was going through my yes. head when I was reading it. But it's a queer realities it's set in your late 30s Is
3: yeah kind close? of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's about um a group of queers in like their mid late 30s um there's like a group of like a chosen family um as it kind of implodes in on itself so yeah it's about like friendship growing older growing apart um and like gay dancing, clubs,
2: drinking
3: <laughs> 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 on the weekdays. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so what was it like putting this together? I mean, th- my my intuition says that at least part of this was perhaps biographical or pulling like a little bit on people who you know. 1st research. But <laughs> first-hand yeah. research, um, though certainly it seems fictionalized at the same time or at least it's certainly being sold as fiction. So what was the mix there? Where did you start with and how did you ultimately end up with this group of friends, this mix of people?
3: Yeah, it is like such a, like a, it is like such a mix of like my personal life and like, kind of like what I witness within like my friendships, my community, um, just like going out and about and like participating in um, like queer events. um, That like, that is like what is inspiring to me. I kind of want to be as much of like a mirror to the LGBTQ community as I can while also creating um, characters who are very much like themselves, who aren't like mm-hmm. necessarily like, there is no character that is based on me or based on like people I know, but it is like drawn through like a variety of people and instances that um, have come through, yeah, through my life and my friendships.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh I, I guess I wanted to ask also about like the inspiration, the central event here is this dance party called Grind. Yeah. Where yeah. where did that crop up? When did that <laughs> Okay.
3: Happen? Yeah. So that comes from just loving to party. Um, <laughs> but it, just, it came from like a couple things, but it came from like, I love, I love queer clubs. I love gay bars. I think that they're really important um, to queers. It's important to me. It's where like I found a lot of my family. Um, and it's like where I wanna be on a Tuesday or a Saturday, um, just like surrounded by like minded individuals. So I knew that I was always gonna be like a central part in like my, whatever my next like long form story was, it was going to have like a queer party scene or multiple hmm. scenes. And um, uh, several years ago, uh, Pal and I co hosted an event called Daddy here in Minneapolis. And that lasted about a year. It was once a month. And it was like a queer variety show and dance night. So I kind of got to see like what goes on like behind the scenes of organizing events, oh. which is like a lot of fun, a little bit of drama. Um,
1: the best kind of research is where you're like, I want to yeah, research this exactly. big party. Do yeah, I do yeah.
3: that? Yeah. Um, so that also like was inspiring. I was like, oh, this is like something that's like, One, like, I know people can, like, build it up. You can, like, organize and make something happen. And I wanted my characters to have that experience. Um, And it was really interesting because when I was drawing this book, it was during 2020. And so I was, like, drawing these, like, gay party scenes and these queer clubs uh, and these people Uh. in glitter and spandex and, like, all this stuff that I, like, no longer had access to, no one had access to. Um, So it felt a little bit kind of like a little love letter- as well when I was like able to draw those scenes since I wasn't like no one was really able to participate in those scenes Mm. during the height of the pandemic.
1: Now are you a a mimosa aficionado? Do you have the ultimate
3: (laughs) Uh, uh, mimosa um, mix? Yeah, I do talk about
1: alcohol recipes (laughs) content. This
0: (laughs) is a comic book show. I just want to
1: show you we (laughs) promise. Yeah.
3: I don't have like a go-to mimosa recipe. I do like mimosas. I love like a bubbly rose though, which I feel like is like mimosa esque. Ah, Um,
1: So
3: that's like my usual like bubbly beverage. Um, All that
1: messy vitamin C to get in the way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted like a lot of brunch to happen. I think I originally maybe titled this brunch and then my editors were like,
1: to let's narrow it down a little bit more. Yeah. Sort of get rid of the eggs. Yeah. The yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like, like, like,
3: they're, they're pretty drunk. So, like let's focus on that a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the age range. I know we talked about this a little bit before, but I was very pleasantly surprised. I feel like normally with these sort of stories, you get people who are first moving to the city in their 20s and they're yeah. discovering their sexuality. Yeah. But I love the idea that not just we're focusing on these people that are a little later in life, but also this process of constant discovery, which I feel like a a bad way to put it, but it's almost an underreported part of the queer experience. Mm -hmm. So what was it Mm -hmm. like writing about this and what was your interest in writing about
3: this? Yeah. So my interest lied is like, well, I had drawn a comic called Grease Bats for almost like seven years maybe Um, and that was about queers in their 20s and then I was like okay moving on to a graphic novel Um, and I really want my characters to age and grow with me Um, Mm. and I think there is like a a lot of room in media representation of older queers Um, it's just like there's some out there but there's just like there's so much room Um, I think people are drawn to like really safe and familiar stories, like coming out stories or going to the city, like finding yourself stories. Um, when there, when I think there is like a, so like such a plethora of, as you were kind of like saying ways that we like change and grow as we age. And like, I really wanted a story about like the found family you had in your twenties, you all are different in your thirties and forties. So like, how does that kind of like shift and grow with you um, or grow apart? So that was also like a part of it. Um, And then it was like a little bit, I kind of wanted to like push back that like um, queers stopped, like aren't interesting when they're like 30, Mm. 40, (laughs) Like there is like, it's so much, like so much like teen and YA focus as there should be. Like, I don't think there's anything Mm. wrong with that. Like that's, there should be. Yeah. There's, like, so much um, now that I'm, like, okay, I'm, I think we're also ready for, like, a little bit more complex, more mature stories. And I wanted to draw queers that, like, in a lot of ways, like, already knew themselves. Like, yes, the characters right. grow and change, but, like, them and their identity and their, like, sexuality, like, that stays the same. They know, like, they've done it. They know who they are. Um, and now they can move on to, like, so many other aspects of himself will
1: you continue uh for your next story we start to get into 40s 50s into uh like
3: retirement? yes so my next story actually does go back into like like late 20s early 30s age that i um also just signed a contract with surly books again so i do have an upcoming nice. novel but the next one that i'm going to pitch and hope out like hope that it comes to fruition um will feature um someone in their like early mid 50s so yes and right at the rate of how long it takes to draw a comic i should be around there
1: so (laughs) (laughs) first hand experience but yeah
3: like
0: like, oh boy i gotta go back and change all this because now i get it
3: yeah
1: yeah
0: Um, I did want to ask you about another book. You literally wrote the book on pronouns, mm-hmm. uh, the guide to, yeah. them the <laughs> um, what was the inspiration behind that? And now that that has been out for a while, what mm-hmm. impact have you seen off of yeah. it, if any?
3: Yeah, cool. Um, that it's called a quick and easy guide to they, them pronouns. It looks like this. I oh, right I there. Nice. Um, so it's fun. I started before I started drawing like a lot of comics. I did a lot of zines, and so I worked with um, my best pal Tristan Jimerson, and we made a zine called originally called a cheap and easy guide to they/them pronouns. And we printed it on like neon paper, and it was like two three bucks. Yeah. We really wanted it to be like this is how it works. Um, it after I changed my pronouns, I found out that I was having like the same conversations, like, over and over again. So I paired with Tristan, who's a cisgender guy, because he could um, kind of help bridge the gap of understanding. I could talk about it from, like, my identity, and he can talk about it from, like, a cisgender perspective of explaining it to other people. And so we're, like, our powers combined. We made this, like, zine. Um, And eventually, one of the copies landed on... um, Ari Yarwood's desk who was at the time the um editor at Limerence Oni Press and um yeah she was like do you want to expand this until we got back together and I was like yeah absolutely let's make it (laughs) something very quick something very easy um and then it was really important to me that the price point stayed at something affordable so in the negotiations I was like I won't do this if it cost more than ten dollars i want something that's like accessible, um and so they worked with me we kept it black and white um and the original i think is like 7.99 now i'm probably for for like three bucks on ebay right now so (laughs) 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 um but yeah and i think the impact of that book has been like pretty awesome i've gotten like a lot of really awesome notes and feedback from folks who have like used it at like, it's great for like workplaces. It's great for like parents. It isn't like its job isn't trying to convince anyone that these like pronouns are worthwhile. It's like really for people who are like, oh, like I kind of don't understand, but I want to understand. Or having kind of like a tough time with it. Mm -hmm. So it helps like, it's an approachable fast way um, to kind of get that information across.
1: It feels um, like a very useful gift, something you could really book? just hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check this out, know, read the this.
3: Table. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, we got a question
0: here from YouTube. This is from Derek Mainhardt. A question for Archie. Who are your influences?
3: Oh, great question. So um, I think a lot of my peers right now influence me. I really love uh, Isabella Rotman's work. Um Hazel Newverland, I love um, everything that the Nib puts out, which is like so many like nonfiction and journalistic comics told really in like such smart ways. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also like love zines um, and would spend a lot of my time at like, um, there's like a queer library here in Minneapolis that has like a zine section. So I would just like spend some hours like looking at old queer zines. Um, So I think that aesthetic has influenced my work. Um, I also like Alison Bechtel a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, And I used to watch out for. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Oh, go ahead, Justin. I was
1: just going to, I, living in New York and growing up in upstate New York and like, I first got zines and it felt like the zine, Mm -hmm. it was such a thing. And now, I mean, I'm not out at at shops as much as I ever used to be since pandemic, but like, I feel like I just don't see zines in New York anymore. Is it a thriving scene in Minneapolis?
3: Um, I would say, I don't know about like thriving, but there, <laughs> is, there are like a couple zine fests a year. So that still like does exist here. Um, we have a really rad, like um, co- uh volunteer run bookstore called Bone Shaker Books. And they have a lot of local zines. So it is like mm. there are places you can go and see kind of like what's out there, and what's being made locally. Um, I think that it's just like maybe like tougher. I think you have to go to physical places where there are Defined. zines you have yeah. to see it. And then I think that is just like hard because not a lot of people I think who make a zine go online and then are like posting their Instagram.
1: Go check out. A
3: zine. they're like, it's, it's here. Like it just like exists as like such a physical thing. Um, that it isn't, like, doesn't usually, like, translate to, like, showing it off online all the time.
2: Sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, well,
0: cool. Archie, listen, yeah. congratulations on your book birthday. I don't want to keep you too long. I want you to go get that glass of champagne yeah. and celebrate. <laughs> uh, the book's great. Everybody should awesome. check it out. Uh, so congratulations on it again. Thanks. Thank you for coming on.
3: Yeah, thank you all.
0: Thanks, all right. Archie. There we go. Once again, that is RG Bongiovanni, and the book is from Abrams. It's called Mimosa, and it's out today in bookstores, so you can get it right now. It is great. We are going to bring in our next guest. She is one of the people behind a new crowdfunding program. You're laughing because we have a lot of guests. It's just, yes, it, it's, yes. It's going.
1: Keep it going. I know, it is, great. but
0: they're all great. I'm very excited to chat with everybody. Uh, let's bring in <laughs> the next one. She's one of the people behind Cthulhu is hard to spell, which is true. Yeah. Lori Foster. Hello, hey. Lori. Hi. Hey. Thank you for coming. I love the ring light behind you. It's awesome.
4: Oh, thank you. I <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Justin's background and how he kind of looks Please. like he's been kidnapped. No, it, it's <laughs> kind of like you've got the whole
0: angel thing going on with the halo and he's got the hell thing going on with wherever he's
4: is. Right.
1: Yeah, you look like a hostage negotiator trying to free me from Alex, right. the clutches right, of exactly. Alex. <laughs> Never. <laughs>
4: Never yeah, no, st- you won't. I'm stuck. You've been stuck here for 15 it. years, it's gonna be another
1: 15 it. years, baby. I have Stockholm <laughs> syndrome for comics, so it's yes. perfect. Uh,
0: so, Laurie, I, this project, first of all, I want to frame this up before I get into this. It looks great. It's awesome. But there's a lot of different aspects going on here that I want to hear you talk about. One of them is it's on a brand new kit ca- uh, crowdfunding platform. The other is that it existed as a previous project, and now you've taken over and are expanding it. So talk me talk me through the process here. And for anybody listening who doesn't know anything about this, what did it start as, And what is it now?
4: Okay. So um, initially Cthulhu's Hard to Spell um, was, uh, you know, curated and edited by Russell Nolte. um, And he uh, ran three campaigns for it on Kickstarter as like gigantic 260 page hardcovers. Wow. Which is big. you know, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're big. <laughs> um, and then after he ran the three, he was initially going to retire the series, but uh, we ended up having a conversation after he participated in one of my anthologies, and he was like, "Do you want to take it over from here? You would you be interested in that?" Um. Hmm. And I was. And the first thing I wanted to do before making new volumes was to re-release the original volumes as shorter soft covers, so that they're more accessible and affordable for people. Because not everyone was probably able to buy that brick. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. Um, I and I was. I have a lot of bricks falling out of my basement, so I'm trying to uh, fill them in <laughs> with these books
4: right and it's not meant to be furniture or a murder weapon so yes. we wanted yeah. something a little more thank you for saying you know, thank readable. you for
1: let's keep the murder stuff a little bit on the dl
4: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i decided to basically divide the three gigantic hard covers into six shorter soft covers so the campaign we're running right now is just for the first three soft covers um and then we also wanted to add merch because he never really did merch I'm not sure why, but he he doesn't like doing it. So we wanted to add in shirts and socks and all kinds of fun Cthulhu related stuff.
0: Yeah. And so the concept of the book, other than Cthulhu hard to spell, uh, just give us the pitch for the thing, for the project, if you don't mind.
4: Uh, sure. Uh, it's basically, it's, it's a, it's a Lovecraft anthology that focuses on the gods and monsters of Lovecraft. It's, all ages but not necessarily for children Mm -hmm. and it's curated from diverse creators from everywhere so queer creators people of color women creators we try to we try to get as many people as possible in on this and it's all over the place there's terrifying stories there's ridiculous stories where lovecraftian gods are undergoing marriage counseling there's and kind of everything (laughs) in between (laughs) <laughs> well, I
0: think that's a really interesting aspect of the project because uh, I'm sure you're aware, I don't know how much our listeners are necessarily all aware, but Lovecraft has had I'd say a complicated legacy over time. So, it almost feels like putting female creators, queer creators, more diverse creators behind it is a way of taking back that material.
4: Right, exactly. So, so we can, you know, we can we can enjoy the material but without thinking about or without all the racism without the racism (laughs) and the bigotry yeah Yeah. i was trying to think of a way to say it no that's all right
0: he's not alive he's not going to come on the show and complain about it
4: right and now that you know the (laughs) queer creators and the people of color can make money from it he's not going to make any money which also makes us feel good (laughs) because you know yeah as much as all the concepts are genius he's kind of a crappy person so we we want to move past that and you know honor the creations without honoring the person
0: Now, obviously, you're dealing with older material here, but when you are putting it together, when you are curating it issue by issue and breaking it up, as as a publisher, what are you looking for? What's the rhythm of a specific issue?
4: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I basically... (sighs) I guess there's a number of things Um, just visually. I like having a certain kind of flow and I'm not sure if I can explain that outside of like the page turns and the next thing that you see kind of flows with the last thing that you saw, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the same theme, but it, it works Um, also kind of, I do like a jarring jump between again, like, a scary story and then, like, something absolutely ridiculous. So there's a, there's kind of a mix of everything, and, like, if you don't like one story, you'll, like, there's so many stories in each volume. There's more than 20 in each volume, so you'll find something that you like or m- multiple stories that you like, no matter what.
1: Uh, talk to us about Cute Thulu. Um, how did... Uh, where did this guy come from?
4: <laughs> so... Um when I was looking into merch and all kinds of stuff uh for the campaign, um, we looked around at kind of some um some 3D modelers uh that were selling their stuff on various 3D websites and we found Keith Talbot and he had already designed this cute thulu. Um and we were like, Hey, how would you oh, feel crazy. about yeah how would you feel about making some of these and hand painting some of these for people and he was just immediately like yes whatever it takes let's do this let's work on it and he was super collaborative and it was yeah we were just instantly like okay let's let's make special boxes for them and let's (laughs) let's go crazy with it because i love it
1: they're very cute Uh, (laughs) yeah check (laughs) it out at the at backer kid it's very cool
4: Well, to that
0: end, I did want to ask you, obviously, this uh, just looking at Backerkit right now, this hasn't been an issue at all. You're currently at 13,000 of the 10,000 goal with 14 days left. But why start this on a new crowdfunding platform instead of, say, a Kickstarter or a Zoop or something like that?
4: Um, I, I guess a few reasons. Um, the original series was on Kickstarter, so I was like, well, maybe you know, we'll we'll curate a little bit of a new audience if we move to BackerKit. Just and when I talked to Russell about it, he was like, I don't mind being the guinea pig. Like, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> uh, I've been working with BackerKit on the back end of my Kickstarter projects for like over a year for surveys and fulfillment. Mm. Um, and their services are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they made surveys so much easier, fulfillment so much easier. Um, they're really collaborative. And I like that again. Um, so when I saw that they were running the beta for their crowdfunding, I messaged the people that I already were ta- was talking to. And I was like, how would you feel about doing one of these? Like, what do you think? And they were like, yeah, let's try it. Let's see how it goes. So it's kind of all experimental. and But I love working with them. And it's been going pretty well. So
0: yeah awesome. uh, uh, what can people I know I asked this earlier with the Zoop thing but again I think it's good for people to hear what what can people expect other than the book and cute Thulu when they head over to backer kit
4: um, so we have the three volumes of the book uh, we have uh, t-shirts with the Stanyak cute I guess he's also cute Thulu he's adorable uh, design um, <laughs> And it's funny because it's hard to tell on the campaign itself, but his mouth is actually full of tiny people. Mm. So I'm excited for people oh. to get the shirts and realize that because <laughs> he looks so cute and adorable. Yeah. But he's got a handful of people and his mouth is just those people. So I love that. Um...
1: <laughs> great surprise. Oh, this shirt is horrifying. Perfect. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but only if you look really closely. Yeah, um, that's great. And then socks, uh, and then we're also offering a few different kinds of coffee. Um, mm, <laughs> so we great. have Cthulhu. Cthulhu is hard to caffeinate decaf coffee for those of you who can't have caffeine. Oh, and then nice. we have two different versions of caffeinated coffee. Um, and I think that's it. Oh my gosh. Coffee, I can't say, having,
1: having zoomed in on the t-shirt on, on the page, even though the people are probably about to be murdered, it's still cute.
4: <laughs> it's it's all ages right
1: yeah that's all ages murder right
0: <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh lori congratulations on the project very exciting uh you're already funded so you don't need the help anymore but uh i hope
1: it gets stretch even goal, more baby. funded
0: stretch goal, bring it on and i'm looking forward to hopefully there's going to be more cthulhu is hard to spell new issues in the future is that potentially in the offing
4: Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to I'm gonna be starting from the new volume seven because it'll be the six shorter. And I'm going to mm. be very likely doing it in short in continued c- continuing to do it in the shorter volume. So not the 260 page bricks. Um, we might collect them down the line in the bricks, but we're going to ah. stick with the shorter books, I think. Um, and then we also have plans for... D D monster manual type of stuff with uh oh, cool some of the monsters and the gods and maybe some kind of spelling mechanic because it's hard to spell. So I don't know. We're we're working <laughs> on it, but I'm really excited.
0: Awesome. Lori, yeah, thank you so, so much for coming on.
4: Congratulations and have a great night. Thank you. Thanks, thank Laurie. you guys.
0: All right. Get me there out of this go. basement. Oh, she's, <laughs> oh, she's <gone>. Uh <laughs> Sorry about that, Justin. You had a great no, joke right there at the end. But I've, check out I've Cthulhu accepted. is Hard to Spell. It's up right now. As of this taping, there are 14 days left. And we are going to bring in our final guest for the evening. He is the creator of Seance Room, which is going to have a crossover with Hackslash, one of our favorite comics of all yes. time. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Goldsmith. Hello. Hello. This is
5: the lounge. Ed. Oh, my goodness. Look at this chill out vibes going on with Ben right now. <laughs> Chewing gum I don't even have. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> Ooh, ben, thank so you so much for coming on. So excited to chat with you. As we were talking about before the show, you used to come to the live show back in the day, back when there were ah. shows. So thank you for coming back on as a creator and everything. We really appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh,
1: I remember yeah, you been you lay down in the
5: front row and just chewed invisible gum the whole time. <laughs> we always You're had great. questions I, about you. <laughs> I really, I mean, listen. If you guys think I came from anything besides the free twenty five dollars Midtown gift card <laughs> um hey you know before we before we jump in anything we you guys need to start doing a, a, a version where it's like you get to stay on the couch of the talk show i want to talk with Lori and archie and everyone and i'm just sitting here like come on you know well, you know you yeah,
0: behind the curtain here but we just switched over to this new platform Streamyard, with our previous platform crowdcast there was literally no way of doing that. <laughs> we, have we have the power the, now. We have the power now. So yeah, that's a great um, idea. It's, it's, it's been so great. It.
5: No, I used to. I, oh man, I used to love going to that show. It was so much fun, and you guys are so great. Yeah. This is this is. I told you earlier, and I was not joking. This is the honor. I've been so excited wow. to be on the show this whole time. Um, mostly for Pete. Where is he? Where is he? He's in here. He's, he's uh, uh, like right behind it's in the B.
0: Tiny window. It's right yeah. behind my name. You can't see. <laughs> it. <laughs> Man, that's,
1: that's we awesome. don't
0: know where he is. He was just like, just not
1: going to be here. Wow. He, uh, he weirdly ghosted very, and he's about to do a road, a, perhaps a, a road trip. That we, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with that. So, a lot of
5: ideas on the <laughs> a lot of question marks going on. Uh,
0: then, I do want to talk about your
5: book, Seance
0: Room. I would love so to good. talk about
5: that i would love to alex i really would but there's something even more important that i need oh to. My is, <laughs> yes, yes i it's will been be. on my chest for a long time oh, and no. it's not the fact that laurie's right if you zoom into anything it's terrifying it is more to do with the fact that justin i am in touch oh. with the space my friend and oh, I, no. and i have my dingle hopper i just it's i it's <laughs> it's resting right now um I could not be a bigger fan of those episodes. Of- ah, well, I
1: take that. We're, of course, talking about Mission to Zix, a podcast, an improvised uh, podcast that I guest on, playing Old Durf. Old Durf! Backflip! Uh, backflip. I was just about
5: to do a lot of backflips. <laughs> um,
1: if you haven't listened to it it is a very fun podcast oh and God, i get to be so mean to um the main character though
5: it is so good i could honestly no joke sit here and ask you questions about that podcast for the next 20 minutes I, it was, i'm here for it Alex is not. i'm not <laughs> <laughs> but all right whatever you want to say No, it's about. i i was listening to it and uh, no joke on my way to new york comic-con A few years ago, whatever. And um, do people need a timeline? So then, uh, (laughs) actually, if there's Marvel fans in the audience, they probably do. So the um, (laughs) the, independent punches. Yeah, that's good. Uh, But I was listening to the podcast, and sure enough, it was the episode, the first one that you did. And I remember it being at the shows live, and I'd left New York by this point, and just being like, like so, and they're so funny dude they're legitimately so funny
1: um i'll give you a little backstory on that real quick and alex just i'll handle this question I'll just
5: of, leave the uh, <laughs> that's fine,
1: no no know. don't leave no, alex leave. Okay. Uh, we need you here to put pictures up uh, okay. uh if, if you could find some pictures of me doing this come on yeah no, let's not, go all, i'll take it. back uh no don't look don't google me <laughs> uh the when um alden is uh, my friend we come up came up doing comedy together um
4: alden the, ford uh, are you
1: talking about alden, alden ford, ford? Of course, Plex
4: deck,
1: um, deck setter, he was like, he was like, oh, you should come do the podcast. I was like, great. And I so I was listening to it and I was like, all the rest of the, those characters are so mean to him in the in the episode, in, especially the first season. I was like, I, in my head, I was like, when I tape, I want to give some power to to Pleck. Right. And so I said all that nonsense. And then I was like, I was like, ah, that was fun. And then they honored it and made that part of the show. I was like, I'm so sorry that so much of your show became about a bunch of shit I improvised and made up with you. Essentially on the
5: setting the lore for that entire show. Insane. Insane. <laughs> but very um, fun. But it is it is for anyone who who has some, it's incredible the whole thing, not just the Justin episodes. Uh, anyway, this is not the- just wrapped up yeah Yeah, that's all the time we
1: have for ben but it's been great i feel (laughs) great
5: yeah i think we talked about seance enough probably all all day long i've been so excited to say the space to you it is yeah all right anyway i wrote a book (laughs) you did (laughs) absolutely
0: uh, but first here, I'm just going to real quick bring up these pictures of oh, Justin. No. Uh, here we go. Oh, that ended up weirdly sideways. <laughs> there you are as like a steampunk
1: guy. And here you
5: are uh, relaxing in your shorts. I love yep. you as yes, John now. Cusack's uh, stand-in. <laughs>
1: yeah, <I'm> a, I <laughs> think so I'm 17 years old in that picture. You were so uh, good. That's hilarious. Yeah, there we go. Alex, how, why do you have access to these photos? These are deep personal photos. I oh, so many? <laughs> but definitely let's keep those on the stream yard in case we need. Them.
0: <laughs> absolutely i'm never <laughs> deleting them uh bet let's talk about your book so uh seance is great every issue you work with a different artist and it takes place people could probably intuit at least a little bit of it from the title but it's sort of like it's not exactly a tales for the crypt type thing but you have this dude who lives in a creepy house does has kind of seance powers people come in and you tell a tale off of that using these different ghosts that inhabit the house is that a fair estimation of the rough plot of the book
5: I would, yeah i would say it's more than fair you've also added enough words into your did i summarize this well enough for to leave out any uh doubt that you know what i mean like there was there was no there's wiggle room for you to have been wrong <laughs> in the way that you described it at the end is it g- generally give or take uh, minus one or two <laughs> yeah no you're right that was, that was perfect that was perfect alex i i I joke because I love. Um, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, no, no, that, that was it, man. Yeah. No, it's it's very Tales from the Crypt. Like um, the way we always describe it, right? The easy pitch for things. You go, well, it's this plus this. And then the person goes, I know, I know both of those things. And you go, I know me too. And then you, you're friends. And ultimately, <laughs> Tales, Tales from the Crypt and, and uh, Twilight Zone. Actually, I'm wearing my mm-hmm. Twilight Zone shirt right now. nice. Um, but that's, yeah, that's it. Cause it does, it does the, the spooky thing, but ultimately each issue is uh, sort of more psychological, really more than anything, sort of dressing down things psychologically. Um, did, did it feel that way? I hope
2: it did. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think so.
0: I mean, it definitely, don't get me wrong, gets very bloody and violent, particularly at times. But one of the things that I was really struck about reading all of the issues is how and I'm curious to hear which direction this comes in or which order this comes in, but it very much leads into the strengths of the artist, each story. Each story is not structured yeah. the same way. Each story is not the same thing. And it feels like it's tailor-made for the particular style of that artist. So where do you start with? Do you start with, hey, I have this artist is potentially available. Let me craft a story
5: around them. Or do you craft the story first and then bring in the artist? That's um super good question. You should host a podcast. Do you actually, in all seriousness though, do you... Um what did you feel uh, Ooh. what did <laughs> i don't know well, if that's, that's actually know, an answer to the question yeah i don't i don't i want to know if you're <laughs> i felt that me. i
0: manifested it simultaneously and it never existed before i read
5: the comic is that correct again <laughs> really, i'm leaving that's, myself that's a little continuity. wiggle room
1: there strong answer <laughs> uh that's
5: yeah um no, I mean, but like, did it feel like the, the story first and then the art first or which, did it have a feeling or is it more like, oh, which one was it?
0: Um, I don't know. I I mean, like, I don't specifically know all of those artists other than Ben Templesmith very well. Like yeah. particularly Ben Templesmith, it felt like to me, oh, this is something where this leads into Ben Templesmith's strikes. So having Ben Templesmith, I think at least has to in part craft the story. Also, I don't remember the name of the artist, I'm sorry, but the seventh issue, which is sort of like, the goofier issue a little bit where there's a party in the house that definitely led to, to that artist strengths as well. But I think that's true across the series. So, so which one is it bad now that I've well, said, well, it's really driving
1: for an answer. Honestly, it feels like you have a lot of just great artists that do a great job. I, I don't think there's a, a line of what's driving what there's just a great synergy to what I, awesome. in my reading of this.
5: They were great. Um, it's, it actually is both in all seriousness. Um, I have to say all seriousness because I would just sit here and joke with you guys for the next 20 minutes. (laughs) I mean, you're Uh, laying down. You're practically at rest. Yeah, It was basically the (laughs) thing. Um, But, oh, the computer's falling. (laughs) Um, Smash. So, like, with the Ben Templesmith issue, I had previously written... uh, I knew I had about these four pared-down issues that I knew I wanted to do, and I, I sent Ben the the i kind of said well which one do you want to do um which is typical of working with artists too because um if we were just gonna write something and give it to an artist just write a book instead if you want to just be the captain right like it's supposed to be between the two every comic book that i've ever loved was a marriage between the artist and the writer and um, so whenever I start working on a project, I pretty much ask the, the artist that I want to work with, like, what do you want to draw? Like, you have to stare at this for the next God knows how many hours of your life. Um, what would you actually want to stare at? And then the other part of that too, is like, you look at it from a business perspective of, uh, all right. So Alex Cormac, Alex Cormac did one of the issues for Seance Room right now. Alex Cormac did Road of Bones and Sea of Sorrows for IDW, he did a book called Sync for Comics Tribe, which I love, which is one of the best horror comics written by John Lees. Um, phenomenal. Read it. Um, and so he's got all these different things. like. Um, but it, but, it, but I, I said, well, what, what do you want people to see that you can do? And he said, well, I guess I would really like to do these really strong character pieces. And, um, and so he got this very sweet, small story. Um, which I kind of equate to like the it's the seance room, the one in the movie theater.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: you know, yeah. I'm like like a demented for seven minutes of up. yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of the answer is like it, it is that marriage of going, hey, you know, but but then um like I did have issues that I knew I wanted to do. It's just then kind of going, hey, how do we make this your strength too? because again, not only do you have to stare at this, but at the end of the day, from a business perspective, you're the guy who's going to have to sit behind the table and go, you know, please buy this book that I made, <laughs> Stairs and Madams. And and then, you know, if you actually care about what you're doing, then you're going to have a much easier time making that sale.
0: Uh, go ahead, Justin.
5: Oh, so yeah, for something like the seventh issue, which
1: has uh, the arts like more um, sort of fun or comedic, do you then go you- back and are like, oh, let me punch this up a little bit. Let me lean into that.
5: No, dude. So yeah, you th- right. So the they're talking about the one Drew Roush drew that one, and I yeah. always say it's like if Beetlejuice the cartoon. Yeah, was, that well, that's was, what I was thinking. The Beetlejuice the cartoon, exactly. Mm-hmm. I do. So it's really rad. And then, um, so that one it was I ac- yeah, that one was kind of perfect because it was uh, the whole thing of like, oh, haunted houses are fun, scary. But what if they were like legitimately scary? Like, what if you walked into a hall of statues that were. Uh, failures from your life to be like the first time you drank before five or the first time you got your divorce papers or you know what I mean so yeah. uh it's inherently pretty it's got that like fun scary so then having Justin do it in that or Drew <laughs> you're Justin having Drew do it in that style Don't let me do it do I <laughs> <laughs> um we get well no no, no okay we uh <laughs> but it was fun they said that juxtaposition right it's like it's the idea of because, I don't know, you try to think about how people perceive horror, and a lot of people go into it for different reasons, and sometimes we go into it for fun, sort of forgetting that it's representational of life, which is, you know. So, yeah, man, but uh, Drew, by the nature of it... Okay, hat on a hat. You know what that is, right, Justin? Yes. <laughs> if I, I also know what it is. No, Alex, Alex no get out of the air. Well, yeah, anyway, it's uh... like,
0: no, 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 no. It's that guy, he's walking through... Out of the town, he hasn't sold any of his hats, and then the monkeys there, and they, are yes. like yeah, have hat on a hat for sale. Yeah, hat on a hat,
5: specifically referring to an old child's tale uh, where uh, it, it uh, talks about separation of colors, which I think had some strong implications. So anyway, the um...
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> I haven't heard that take of caps for sale.
5: So um, <laughs> hat on a hat would have been going in and punching it up, right? Because his art is inherently pretty funny looking yeah um so you kind of let it do what it does and then he adds in a whole bunch of stuff because he's got a great sense of humor anyway um but yeah that was that's kind of that and um but those are in the hack slash we
2: did hack slash that was the thing i was gonna
0: ask you about is you did a crossover with hack slash is this sorry i might have totally messed up the timeline is this out already or this is coming out later this year um it is coming out later this year okay all right So, so you were nice enough to send us a preview of this hack slash. Of course, one of our favorite titles of favorite. All time for anybody who hasn't checked it out, created by Tim Seeley it follows uh, this woman, Cassie hack, who is the final girl out of a murder spree from a lady named the lunch lady. And ultimately she becomes the final girl who kills slashers along with her monstrous friend, Vlad. Um, great book seems like a perfect fit on the surface yep. anyway, but how did you bring it together? How did you talk to Tim about it, and how did you make
5: this happen? Uh, so, um, so Tim is on, un... well, I shouldn't say this, because then people will go up to him and talk to him. He's really nice. <laughs> like, oh, he's uh, very nice. The reason yeah, guess... we first got
1: to connect with him is because Pete went up to him at every con when Hacksash was first sort of coming out and making its way up. And would, like, literally hug. They would, like, see each other and hug a lot. It was very intimate moments. And Justin
0: has a nickname, he started calling him, which is Touchy Feely Tim Sealy Touchy
1: Feely Tim Seeley. Right. Oh, Which I don't dope. know if he loves, but maybe put it in the book <laughs> if there's still time.
5: I think um, I've only known him really during, like, COVID era and a little bit before that. So there wasn't much Touchy Feely of anything. It was sort of like, sort of like um, masky-asky. Uh, mm, we got yeah. to talk through things but I don't, I don't think not I'm so as catchy let's keep going yeah. Um, and then <laughs> but, I, but I, I went up to him one time at New York Comic Con and just kind of like brazenly was like hey I write this book and it feels like something that you I mean if, if you have anything to say about it let me know take a look and uh, uh, he did and he, he liked it and then I don't remember how it all came up but essentially the thing I remember saying you know how you you kind of distill a memory down to one little moment uh for him it was I remember him going, someone helped me, so I like to help other people. Oh, and that's uh great. yeah, yeah, Right. So so he's oh, he touchy feely, he touched you that, emotionally right in there, yep. And um basically he let me do this. He was so hands-off with this too, which was amazing. Like he, <laughs> he, he that's I mean great. I sent I sent him I sent him the pitch. So the, the idea, right. Is, uh, I saying earlier psychological is kind of seance rooms thing as you guys eloquently put, uh, torture is uh, Cassie's thing. Uh, very mm-hmm. yeah. physical. So it was kind of like a, whose thing works better. Right. And then you save a lot of real estate, save a lot of time. First, first thing, no spoilers, really. Uh, dude, dude messes up puppies. That's his thing. And, uh, so immediately you're like, yeah, fuck this guy. Let's see what awful thing can happen to him. Um, and then it's kind of a back and forth. But it, it ends up going a little bit deeper and um, puts, puts, shed some light on, I think, both characters through the foil of their kind of counterpart in action. Harry via Cassie and Cassie via Harry. Because um, the, the crossover thing is tough, guys.
0: Well, that, yeah. that's the other thing that I was going to ask you about. First of all, I think you did a great job with it and really yeah. obviously captured your own character. You know how to do that. But you're bringing these other characters and you really gave some great emotional moments for Cassie and Vlad throughout the issue. Uh, what was it like trying to craft that? I imagine probably as a fan of Hack Slash yourself, there was a fair amount of pressure there that you were putting on.
5: I could die right this moment. You guys just gave me that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm genuinely very awestruck, oh, right? Now. Um... <laughs> We're also very touchy-feely.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, put it more crass- crassly, how did you smash together your action figures and Tim's action figures? There's
5: yeah, I just happened. I just said, this is how the baby's made. And then my wife <laughs> came over and divorced me. So we... Um, <laughs>
1: That feels like it weighs on the book a little bit. There's so much.
5: <laughs> about. You can see right at what page I got the papers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so are we we're still married, right? She's, oh, she's just off camera. Yeah, <laughs> With
1: she
0: the papers. I didn't hear anybody answer, so I have questions. But yeah. keep
4: talking about <laughs> the book. No, there's no one there. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um Married a Pillow. James Franco from 30 Rock. So the uh, <laughs> crossover. It was, it was, what was the original question? I just went, the minute you said something <laughs> nice about the emotional moments, I You're literally, lying, stopped. Well, it was about that, just in terms of
0: what was the challenges involved in writing these characters that you, you know, you know, but haven't written before.
5: Um, how do you make both properties walk away? It's like, um, how do you, you know, it's it's like the the bad guys in Batman. How do you get the a clear winner and loser, but also keep it so that you can set it up for the next time they do the same thing, right? Like, so it's like, you need to have a legitimate story, a legitimate reason this is happening with actual stakes and with actual interesting um, needle pushing moments. But at the same time, they both have to walk away essentially unchanged because it's not going to continue. So that was sort of the biggest thing. Um, being that Seance Room and a lot of other stories that I've written before were all kind of, one shot you get really good at knowing like a 22 page and going um okay i've got seven pages left and i gotta do this and let's make sure that we get this all in here you know you get really good at that and then because then my first uh do you guys know mad cave do you ever read anything by mad cave studios
0: we've read a couple of things yeah i think
5: we yeah okay i did so i wrote rv9 for them and that was my first ongoing series that i got to write and uh very different. So that was a total game changer, um, and like I would have actually liked to have done a hack slash long term thing, but it's it's just not tenable. Uh, besides, that's not a hack slash's thing. You hit, mm-hmm. hit and quit, one and done. Yeah, it's true. Well, on the other hand,
0: seance though the seance room, I, I feel like is this infinitely malleable property as all like really good anthologies are. So do you have more of the offing beyond the hack slash stuff? Is there more things, are there more things you're working
5: on? Uh, well, yes. So actually a novel version of Seance Room with brand new stories Mm -hmm. that, uh, are just told. Yeah. Through, um, prose instead of art, uh, because I can do that and not have to wait for the artist while the artist is working on something (laughs) else. Mm -hmm. Uh, and smart, artists.
1: and I feel like you really all of your artists feel very deliberately chosen and uh, great so I feel like now you can not have to uh, spend so much time waiting for like a great artist
5: thank you guys I really I really I mean in all seriousness I really appreciate uh your guys' takes on these books and <laughs> The, the, the legitimate thought that's being brought to this, um, especially where I think I just sent it to you this morning. So the fact that you, you read all of this in this amount of time yeah, is we remarkable. Don't. Don't have, we don't have jobs. Not anymore. Yeah, or There's...
1: we do have jobs that don't know that we do. <laughs> <laughs> so shush it up, shush.
5: Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's great. And then um, we got some other stuff. I got a book coming out with Scout um, Ghosts on the Water which alex cormick the guy who did the issue the, mm-hmm. the he's doing it with us and um so that's a three issue series coming out and uh i got a super cool project in the works with a very cool hip-hop artist mm. uh, who it performed at new york comic-con last year <laughs>
1: of- oh yes we're really tipping it <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, well, that's Justin's cool. gonna draw it. Justin's gonna draw it. What? And, and wow. there's your mistake. <laughs> there's your not mistake. the first. Justin, not the first. I co-
1: I call it doodling. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, Justin's man. gonna doodle it. Doodle yeah. all over me.
0: Ben, if people want to pick up the first seven issues of Seance Room,
5: where can they do that? Uh, so it's gonna the first four issues and the trade both sold out already from Source Point Press. Um. The next four issues will be coming out from SourcePoint Press. I don't have an exact date yet, but in the next year it'll be in previews. And then realistically, hit me up on Instagram at Mr. Ben A U at M-R-B-E-N-A-U. My last name's Goldsmith AU periodic table. Very clever. Same. Very clever.
1: <laughs> Briefly a chemistry major. I'm here for no, one. you were not. I was. When I went to college, I was a chemistry major, I had had never, I was very shy growing up, became a theater major and disappointed. The chemistry world.
0: I went into college being like, I'm going to be a double major in math and theater. The first week, I was like,
1: Nope, on the math. Fuck math, right? (laughs)
0: Wait a second, Alex, you went to you went to school for theater? Uh, I did, yeah. Do you guys know? (laughs) Doesn't
5: does it it not show? (laughs) I (laughs) you oh no uh, you don't need the attention as badly (laughs) as the rest of us. I went to um, the Hart School of Musical Theater.
2: Uh, Ah, There we go. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, show we should
5: put on
0: a show.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we should Ben,
0: uh, congratulations on the book. Really, it's awesome. Uh, oh, real quick, when does the hack slash crossover come out? Is sometime in the fall? Is that correct?
5: Yeah, so it's it's all the same as it's gonna be a part of one, two, three, four, um, silence room five uh six five, six, seven, and then the hack slash will culminate it. Awesome. Great.
0: Ben, congratulations. So good seeing you. Great suggestion with bringing in the multiple guests. Uh, we'll definitely try that out. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at some live show at some point in the future.
5: Yeah, please, guys, please invite me on. Every- I, do just, it. I like hanging out with you guys. This is so exciting for me. Uh, and again, thank you so, so, so truly so very much. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: thank you so much. Have a lovely night. Uh, go find your wife wherever she is in the house.
1: Nice. Oh, there she Whoa. is. I heard her. I heard her. <laughs> well, that could have been any sort of that person who's a have trapped been human. I know be about
5: being trapped. I taught I taught my dog how to sound like a woman, but just one phrase. <laughs> I love you! <laughs>
1: That's
5: right. musical theater training right there. Then have a good night. Thanks
1: so much for coming on. Bye, guys. Back flip. <laughs> all right there got we go
0: him. uh you got him. uh check out the sounds room and check out the sounds room hack slash crossover that's coming later this year it is super super awesome and folks now we are going to move oh what you're next to say guess
1: good. just next bring, guess. More, let's bring more let's get more people guess. Yeah, I got more questions. It's like a uh oh, look at the got a little banner here. This yeah, is Yeah, we got a little truly... banner because
0: we're going to get into our next section, which is my favorite section cuz you make it up. It is your audience questions. Whoop. There we go. I nice.
2: Nice.
1: <laughs> <Good. laughs> uh, so <some> that <laughs> is that theater training
0: that was a lot of guests. I love, uh, you talk for the rest of the show.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> no problem.
0: <laughs> for your audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question either in Q&A on Crowdcast, which we, we're, we're keeping going for the time being, uh, or it says Facebook and YouTube, but Facebook is down at the moment, so just YouTube. Leave a question yeah. there on absolutely anything, and we will get to it. Uh, now, Justin, I don't know if I should put you on blast here or not given how many times we talked about what we were drinking and alcohol and everything you're doing you're doing dry march though right
1: we're doing dry my wife and i are doing dry march resetting the system it's uh, terrifying i had to do a show called characters welcome we had our show a live show on sunday um at union hall in brooklyn and uh it's a whole new game going out there
0: how'd you do it without your liquid courage
1: yeah. uh there's a other i've apparently underneath all the liquid there's a baseline courage that still works for me oh. um, but i am drinking sparkling water out of a jar right now Ooh. it looks like moonshine but it tastes like water oh
0: there we go all right we've got a couple of questions here already from youtube uh, we got one from derek this is i'm gonna ask the peace question what's on jt's wall what's on your wall
1: justin Great question. Um, we got, um, well, this is a good one. This is, if we're talking horror, um, I've got uh, the push mower that I use to mow my lawn.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that's some old Christmas stuff. Um, we got uh, the tree from uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas Live that I do every winter, uh, tape measure for doing uh, projects. Nice. and that's it about i got an uh christmas lights a credit card costume from a character i uh, used to do it's is sort of my back cave except everything is garbage excellent
0: well there we go we got another question here this is from schuykler what are some titles you first got into because of crossovers Ooh, interesting great question there i could actually say Uh, I don't know if it was the first Marvel comics I read, but definitely the first X-Men comics I read were Fall of the Mutants, which was a very weird place to start because it was like, this is the end of the story. Everybody's going to die. But it was definitely that thing we talk about on the show all the time where I read that. I was like, what is happening here? Who are these characters? This is terrible for them. So I was completely (laughs) hooked on X-Men comics in particular after reading all that.
1: Uh, Well, similarly, like reading... um executioner's song was mm-hmm. one where i was like oh i guess now i'm reading all of these x titles i feel like it was very much it worked, like it expanded my line of uh, to reading the whole line for all of those um and i think that's sort of how it works like when there's a great crossover like um, the uh, green the Sinestro core war say uh i was like well now i'm reading all the green lantern books um going forward for at least a while until you know the crossover magic wears off <laughs>
0: I'll also throw out there, I know i have been mentioned this a lot on the show, but it's been very interesting to see this develop. I've been taking my son to the comic book store on Wednesdays, so it's been yeah. very interesting to see like, what does an eight-year-old actually want to read. And mind you, he's an eight-year-old who like, has been raised in a house full of comic books, so it's probably not the best sample set. But the first thing, he's definitely, there's been a lot of titles he's been interested in, but the one that he is completely hooked into in a big way is avengers forever specifically because Ah. i i don't know maybe it's the multiversal thing because kang was an ant-man or something like that but like he was really interested in that and when i was telling him about doom the living planet and everything he thought it was the funniest and most interesting thing and that's made it like he was like i'm gonna collect all the issues up to the current issue I got to do that before I actually start reading it. And I was like, oh, no, it's already. Begun.
1: Wow, you've really. You <laughs> I really broke him. I have broken my him. son.
0: Uh, but he got very interested because of the crossover and then went back and started reading through all of Avengers forever. And now uh last Wednesday, I got a volume one of the main Avengers title because I was like, it's eventually going to cross over. And he has this complete personality. So it's like, well, I got to I got to get
1: that, too. Yeah. Wow, great! So there you go. True, uh, you've uh, pushed the uh, comic addiction gene just down the uh, line one generation. <laughs> um, oh, I think that book, though, is like f- for appealing to like younger people. It's a full-on action figure book. Like, it's mm-hmm. like let's get all these action, dump out the toy box, and uh, let's watch them fight. And, and it's, it's totally
0: accessible every issue because there's yeah. this insane deep continuity having it that
1: technically is so
0: confusing, but the same time you're like, yeah, that's Tony Stark who is an bad He's teaming up with thor the god of fists who punch hammers i get it i'm
1: good yeah what also it's like the way it's that's why i mean jason Aaron is so good because he can be doing all of that at the same time what when you see it's exciting to see um the daughters of thunder just like pick up a million hammers you're like i'm i don't even know what this means well i know but other people don't and it's great
0: we got one here from stray bullet what famous rock stars should get their own graphic novel Ooh, as long as they're from Blue Water or whatever that publisher is, I am there. Those bio comics, <laughs> so- wow. Alex.
1: Wow, that's a that's a reverse plug right there. Yes, an unplug, as they say. Uh, well, you know, uh, there's uh, the people. The um, the last podcast on the left, the mm-hmm. the publisher that made their graphic novel which i think is called z2 they do a lot of musical biopic stuff so if you're interested in that i think that's a good place to go find some i know that's their sort of focus um but as for who should be i uh, mean i'll
0: I'll throw out like i'm sort of mentally challenging myself to not think of yeah let's go back to 70s rockers or whatever who are ultimately more theatrical if you're looking more modern i think like Harry Styles is probably actually a good example of somebody who could lean into Mm. a graphic novel and sort of create some kind of character. Beyonce as well as somebody who I think you could probably build a graphic novel story around in some way. Um, I don't know. I don't have any other necessarily answers off the top of my head at the moment.
1: I feel like some '80s uh, mm-hmm. rock stars, '80s bands would be great for this because uh, there's a lot of a lot of one-hit wonders back in the '80s, and there's a lot of like cracks you can sort of push into like uh, Depeche Mode, Big Countries, uh, like One Hit Wonder Band that I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of weird areas to explore with those. Yeah,
0: and right said Fred, that's the big one. That I'd say I'd love to see that.
1: Devo says, "Stray Bullet, true." Ooh,
0: Devo's a good one. I like that idea. Um, yeah. all right, here we go. This is from Have You Nerd Murder, Marry, or Make Love Live Action Batman Go JK. Oh, no, we're with we, we don't do JK. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> this is great, and it changes the game when it's make love,
0: absolutely. Like, who do you want to make sweet, sweet love to?
1: Yeah,
0: Whew, live action
1: Batman. Well, let's Murdering. let's list them. Um, okay, obviously. Michael Keaton. Right.
0: Wait, are we starting with Adam West? I feel like for Scheuchler in particular, we got to throw out Adam West.
1: (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, Adam West, Michael Keaton. Val um, Kilmer. Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, Then we're going to do Christian Bale. Sure, Christian Bale. Robert Robert Pattinson. Bet Affleck.
0: And just because Pete isn't here, I'm going to throw it out. Kevin Conroy, just because he did it one time on (laughs) the CW's (laughs) Arrowverse.
1: That's a lot of
0: options. Sure it is. But Mary is the first one that jumps out to me. I think you could probably marry George Clooney's Batman. He just seems like he seems to be having fun. Yeah.
1: He's, uh, he's a having lot a nice of, time. Just hanging it out. A lot of pranks on set. Mm hmm. Um, I don't know. I would have got to marry Adam West. Um, he was the craftiest Batman. He always had a spray on his utility belt that would solve any situation. <laughs> and that's what you're looking for in a wife, right? A partner. I would definitely want to someone who, uh, if I'm going surfing and there are sharks, shark spray is there.
0: Mm-hmm. Murder? Man, I don't feel good about murdering any of these guys. I guess Christian Bell, because i don't know i'm already <laughs> dead <Exactly. laughs> yeah i think that's where my brain was going with that one and make love who would i want to make love to probably robert pattinson
1: really why he's handsome he right. seems almost the most brooding he's right up yeah there with oh i Bell guess i'm thinking far far it's like robert
0: pattinson versus robert Pattinson person- is bruce wayne interesting yeah. Robert Patton's and Bruce Wayne, absolutely not. His jaw would be clenched the entire time. I'd be very worried <laughs> about
1: him. Um, I got to go with Kilmer. Uh, mm, good call, good call. Just just so I can say that I, I really got with Mad Mardigan. <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, this is from Spears Studios. How do you guys feel about another... Hellboy reboot. If people don't know about this, this is from Millennium Films, who was also doing the Red Sonya reboot that is happening. So they're just they're like the dynamite comics of film studios at this point. Yeah. I, feel I feel
1: like. like they were like, what other movie could we make at the same time as Red Sonya? <laughs> <They're like, laughs> yeah. Okay,
2: all right, okay, switch right. Oh, red. Red. Uh, we're
1: yeah, shooting so- all the red stuff. What's another big red character? Oh, Hellboy. Great. And then they're going to do the Mephisto feature.
0: Yeah. So hold on. I'm just going to look it up real quick. So here's the interesting thing that I would say about this Hellboy movie, even though I was like, Hellboy reboot, what are we doing here? And then they can't dance the Hellboy and it was no insult to this guy, a guy I had literally never heard of in my life, but it is being written by Mike Mignola, which is interesting uh, to me and it is based on a specific graphic novel as well.
1: Well, and that's where it feels like this movie is going back to some basics. I feel like this movie has a chance to be weird, weirder mm-hmm. than what we've seen lately. I think the um, the most recent reboot feels like wow. This reboot is a straight up reboot, reboot like a retread almost, where um, it just didn't really push the borders into anything else. So I think this while not having as much prestige and probably budget or stars, uh, I think it will be something that might be closer to the comics or at least get out of a formulaic hellboy movie.
0: Yeah, just to mention the cast, it's Jack Kessie, whoever that is, as Hellboy, Jefferson White as Tom Farrell and Adeline Rudolph who we know from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Riverdale as Bobby Joe Song. It's directed by this guy Brian Taylor who was the writer on both Crank and Crank High Voltage? No,
1: as once well as you the, get him for Crank, you, can't, you gotta stick. You with gotta him. get him. For he gets,
0: high he gets the character exactly. Um, I agree with you. I think there's a chance here that it can feel like, no, oh, we're watching a Hellboy comic actually on screen versus what yeah. we, Guillermo Toro was doing. But there's also a chance it'll just feel like a cheapy budget horror movie. And That's pretty much it. But. Well. I guess we'll watch it because time will tell. We do this show. Uh, let's see. We live I this think, show. Yes, we live this show. Ooh, here we go. We got a question from Stanley. This is a great tee up for something. I love it when you tee up a plug <laughs> with questions. Are you excited to watch Shazam 2? Any expectations? So, this is a great chance to plug that we have a new podcast that we launched. Yes. It is called Sons of a Gun, a DC podcast. And similar to our Marvel Vision podcast that launched when the, the Marvel shows launched on Disney+. This is launching because James Gunn is relaunching the DC Universe. But we're starting a little early and talking through the things that may or may not be connected. So we have a preview episode that we put up last week in the Sons of a Gun feed, which is talking through all of James Gunn's slate and everything that is coming out from DC movies and TV over the next... Five
1: years or so at
0: least what they've announced
1: it could be it's
0: open-ended my man we'll see my like man. life yes there you go and th- then next week or actually this week on friday we're going to have a rewatch podcast for shazam or a watch movie. podcast yes sometimes. a watch podcast since you hadn't seen it before uh and then uh shazam 2 we're going to be recapping that and i'll also throw in there I'm pretty excited about this part of the podcast, frankly, because people have been asking us for a while to talk about graphic novels. We're also going to do required reading podcasts where we talk about the books you have to read or should be reading going into this new James Gunn DCU. So we actually already taped an episode for Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow where we talked about that. I think for like an hour or so. it was. Really we talked
1: for so long. So long. I was uh, very surprised. But that book is great. And I think it opened up to a lot of other interesting topics.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be doing a bunch of those required reading episodes, things probably leading into the movies as well. Like when The Flash is coming up, we'll probably reread Flashpoint and talk about that as well as the movies. Um, so uh, Sons of a Gun, it's in its own podcast feed. That all said, to actually get around to Stanley's question, What are you excited to watch Shazam 2 and any expectations?
1: Um, Well, having watched Shazam 1 for the first time recently, um, I actually liked it more than I thought I would. I really liked um, the uh, shazam I guess is a word that I feel bad saying, but I am saying. (laughs) um, I like that aspect of it and the way they brought it together at the end. And I thought it was something that has become a bit rare in comic book movies that it actually looked good. It was shot well and, um, was well done in the, in the post from a post-production standpoint. So I hope it's, we see a lot of that, especially coming off my being disappointed by quantum mania. Um, I would be, uh, I'm tentatively, um, prepared to like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, definitely in a prove it to me mode which is probably not fair it's not honestly my favorite way to go into a movie but we talked about this on the podcast <laughs> well you
1: scream you scream it at the ushers
0: right no i don't like taker. going into a movie being like do it you know that's uh, you know people worked hard on it regardless of the quality of a movie so i always like to give something a chance but man i have I have a hard time watching Zachary Levi. I just...
1: Agreed. I don't want to spoil all of our Shazam review, but (laughs) Zachary Levi gets gets some hits.
0: Yes, he does. But regardless, we are going to watch it. We are going to talk about it on the Sons of Gun podcast. So, Stanley, thank you for your question, and also thank you for teeing up the plug. And I think that's actually it for our audience questions. We usually would move on to our next session, which is trivia. Pete is not here, so instead... Why don't we talk about what ooh, why don't we just randomly play some music in the middle of the podcast? Uh what don't we talk about uh, what's out this week that we're looking forward to as usual? There's a ton of titles.
1: Justin. Uh, so many. What what is that? Uh Lot of great stuff out there. Um, I'm gonna plug uh, a couple that um, I liked. First off, Avengers number 66. We're setting up for the the finale rack here of the uh, this arc, which has been so fun and crazy. We've talked about it so much, but the the one um, I really want to hit is Scarlet Witch number three, mm. um, coming out mm. from Marvel. Uh, that Steve Orlando and Sarah Picelli, great team on this book from uh, writer and artist, and this book I feel like. The premise is so good, and it fits Scarlet Witch so well. It's rooted in uh, the Marvel universe, while still getting we get the introduction of the Darcy character from the movies here. Uh, so, like, there's a lot of cool things about it. But it's the premise is that there's a door in Scarlet Witch's shop that she has that only opens for people who are like out of options. And so, when the door opens, anyone can walk in, and it's the sort of um, mystery or adventure of the week. And I just love it as a a refillable, uh, almost procedural um, option. And Steve Orlando is so detail-oriented that to have a book where it's such a clean premise and, and lets him just go crazy is awesome. So I've been really enjoying that.
0: Totally agree on those. Man, I'm having a hard time choosing, to be honest with you, what to shout out. But I do want to give a shout out to Stoneheart, number one, from Image Comics. Mm. Emma Hubert has been really making a name as a third generation artist. And this is her first solo book, without spoiling too much of the review that we're going to talk about tomorrow. It's a great uh, new fantasy book. Uh, There's a good hook to it and her art really vacillates from very cute to very bloody at the same time yeah a couple of other things that i'll mention i was really interested in checking out predator number one from marvel just because the first run from ed bryson was so strong uh and again without spoiling it wild twist in this book yeah so good and the last one this is the uh we'll be talking about this on the stack as well but adventures of superman john kent number one we've been loving the superman book superman son of kal I think was the name of the previous yep. book. Uh, also name. by Tom Taylor. This is by Tom Taylor and Clayton Henry. This came out today. And it's just great. I mean, it just continues being great.
1: And and, and pushing into new areas of storytelling mm-hmm. while still maintaining the uh, great character stuff. It's really awesome.
0: Yeah. And as I mentioned, all of those books and many more books are going to be in our Stack Podcast that rolls out Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed and its own dedicated Stack feed. And folks... That is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Steve Horton for coming on to talk about Zoop's Nine Lives. Two days left of the campaign. Definitely check that out now. Also, Archie Bon Giovanni. Check out Abrams Mimosa, which is out today and is very fun and great. Laurie Foster. Check out Cthulhu is hard to spell. There's 14 days left on that particular crowdfunding. And that's a super fun book as well. And Ben Goldsmith. The seance Room, check that out, as well as the Hack Slash crossover coming on later this year. I also forgot to mention the sponsor for this week's show. Real quick, it's our friend Juan Mespinoza, mm-hmm. the man behind yeah, yeah. the Man Comics, the Gold of the company's great stories showcasing Hispanic cultures. We've got two great titles, Adventures of a System, Admin, and Mythology Stories. If you're looking for a fun book about hacking into computers that comes from an actual place of knowledge, definitely check out all six issues of Adventures of a System, Admin, you can also yes, check out the Apology Stories. It was part of a successful Sparter campaign. They're all available on Amazon, Apple Books, Comic Central, and BeardedManComics.com. For us, next week on the show, Ben Morse is going to be here to talk about Zoops. We are Scarlet Twilight. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, good night. Good night, gotta mow my basement
1: lawn.